Joy is a weapon. Joy is a weapon. The enemy doesn't want you to be joyful. But we're going to be joyful. Yeah. And we're going to love it. That's what I tell my daughter. You're going to like this. You're going to love it. You're going to eat your greens and you're going to love it. <laughs> so my name is Stephanie. That's Mike. And we live in Alaska. Mike kind of told a little bit about our story as to how we ended up here. Um, I am... I work as a clinical director over a counseling agency that work de deals with um, substance use, misuse disorder. Um, gosh, I'm an author, and uh, there's some other things. I have two fur babies. Do you guys call them fur babies over here? Yeah. Pets? Yeah, two pets. Two bunnies that run the house, Abner and Theo. Theo is short for Theopolis. My daughter names the bunnies after Bible characters. And so, um, yeah, so we have two fur babies, and I have a daughter who's recently married from last year. And, um, you know, uh, one of the things that is the most important to me during this season in my life is to pursue the Lord. Yes. And as I'm pursuing the Lord, the other thing that's most important to me is that whomever I'm in front of, whether it be like this, or it's at coffee, or someone at my house, or in a prayer meeting, that I push you as far as I can to encounter, to encounter the Lord. That if I don't push you, if I don't push you into your destiny, then I haven't done what I'm supposed to be doing. I haven't functioned in the role that I'm supposed to be doing. <coughs> And so, one of the things that um, is what part of my message is the encounters that I've had. And let me give you a little bit of background so you have an understanding of where I come from. So, I was born by a, to a single parent. My mother, she was a single parent in Los Angeles, California. And um, my mother had mental illness. I didn't know that at the time when I was little. And so um, I started having dreams and started um, encountering the Lord, but I didn't know that's what I was doing. I didn't understand that I was having these encounters and I was having these prophetic dreams. And I was really young. And my mother, because she also had mental illness, didn't, she didn't know the Lord. She grew up in a household where it was very religious, but it was also very abusive. So when my mother grew up and became an adult, she was like, I don't want to have anything to do with that. She was offended by Jesus. And so I grew up not knowing him, and um, but he was still encountering me. Later, I would find out that one of the dreams that he gave me as a little girl was actually a, a forewarning, because as I was an adult, my mother developed um, early onset Alzheimer's disease. And one of the dreams was an indication that that was going to come about. So when I went to Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry, I'm fast forwarding a whole lot of information, but when I went to Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry, on my first week there, I went down to worship, and there's like 1,500 students 
and we're all listening and we're all worshiping to like Bethel style music. And I went to the front and I just raised my hands. And I didn't know what I was going to encounter. I just knew that I needed more of Jesus. Because at this point, I was at Bethel alone. My husband's in Alaska. My daughter's in Alaska. My bunnies are in Alaska. Mm -hmm. Everything that I'm familiar with and everything that I've known is not with me. So I go to the front and I raise my hands and I just start to worship. And then the Lord takes me into this encounter. And I grew up, and as I said, as a, with a single parent. But the Lord takes me into this encounter where I'm just three years old. And Jesus is standing before me. And he's holding up two outfits for me to wear. And so I get to choose. And the Lord helps me to get dressed. And then the next scene was that we were sitting at the breakfast table together. And I'm trying to make sense as to what's happening because I've never encountered the Lord like this before. But the Lord was saying, I am a father to the fatherless. And he met me there as my father. And so I was eating my food. He was smiling at me. I was smiling back at him. And it was like at these different stages in my life where my father was absent, Jesus was there. Yes. And he was showing me I've been there the whole time. I come out of this encounter wrecked. You can imagine. I'm just like weeping, crying. I'm trying to make sense of everything. And then soon after that, a few weeks after that, I get in touch with my birth father. And he begins to tell me how sorry he is that he wasn't in my life and he wasn't there for me. And he starts to go down the road of why he's so sorry. And I just stopped him because I had this encounter with Jesus, where Jesus showed up as my father. And it took the sting out of that hurt and that emptiness, and that place of emptiness was filled. And I no longer needed an apology. I no longer sought to have um, my father say, I'm sorry. And when I told him, I was like, Dad, it's all under the bridge. It's water under the bridge. Let's just move forward. Then the week after that, he flies me out to meet him and my cousins and my half-brother and sister. And the Lord just showed Shut up. And I'm like, Lord, you did this for me. You met a need in my heart that I had always longed for. And always, I don't know if there's anybody else here, but when you think about like a father figure, and if you grew up without a father, you're like, wow, you know, I just wish that I had. Because I would always hear my friends talk about how their fathers were their heroes. Well, I didn't have that until I had that encounter where Jesus took the place of my father. Amen. 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 So as I say that, I do want this to be a little interactive. So if there is anybody here.
who has a either a parental emptiness. If there's a part of your heart that feels like, well, I really need what Stephanie said really makes sense to me, and I really want to have an encounter in that area, or I really want healing in that area. Just raise your hands. Just raise your hands. If there's nobody, perfect. Can you mind if I come over to you? Thank you, Jesus. So everyone, just stretch your hands out toward my sister. What's your name? So, Lord, I just thank you for Loda. I thank you, Father, that you are meeting the deep need in her heart, Lord, for you. God, that you, every place that may feel empty or feels like there is a, a place that just is not filled with you, Lord, I just pray right now, and I thank you, Father, that you are loosing your healing and your angelic to this area right now. Right now. Thank you for your presence, Lord. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your presence, Lord. And right now, we just agree together that the trauma that has been, uh, that has tried to infiltrate, we break that off right now. We break that off of you right now. And we thank you, Father, for Loda and what you're doing in the healing and wholeness that's coming your way in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Diamonds are on the walls, and I'm seeing 
these veins of um, gold, go like this, along the sides, and I'm rubbing, taking my hands, and I'm just going like this along the sides of the cave, the walls of the cave. And all of a sudden, I, I look, and it looks like parts where there were, like, wounding, and it was just filled with this golden part. And, and so I'm, I'm walking, and I'm like, Lord, I don't understand. Because I thought I was in his heart, and I said, Lord, I don't understand. When was your heart ever wounded, God? I don't, I'm not understanding this. And he said, well, that's not my heart, that's yours. And I filled every wounded place with gold. I said, oh. So the place that was considered a wounding now is a place of enrichment. Now is a place that I can go to someone who I know is hurting, and I can give to them what the Lord has already given to me. That's why we have the encounters. That's why we encounter Jesus. That's why we have the healings. It's not just for us just to hoard and just to keep to ourselves and say, I'm just going to keep it in my pocket for when I need it on a rainy day. The Lord is like, no, go and share this because I want you to be an offering. I want you to be like a drink offering poured out in my name. And so, thinking about the encounters that I had and thinking about where the Lord has brought Michael and I, it has become even more of a um, mandate for me that I apprehend him. And then I share how we can all apprehend him. And when I think about apprehending the Lord, I think about the woman with the issue of blood. And a lot of you may remember the story. So just, you know, she had been bleeding for 12 years. She was considered unclean. She was not supposed to be out in public with other people. She would have been considered like a leper. And Jesus is in her area. And he's actually on his way to go have dinner at someone's house. Or no, he's on his way to go and heal um, uh, a Pharisee's daughter. And she says, this is my chance. Because he's over there. I'm here. So I need to apprehend his presence. Now, mind you, when we have to apprehend the presence of the Lord, let me tell you something. It goes against culture sometimes. It goes against the norm. It goes against being comfortable. It goes against even what family or friends may even say. Because apprehending him is a completely, it, it's, it takes the faith to say, I'm going to reach out and I'm going to apprehend his presence because I need a change. I need him. And when we think about this woman with the issue of blood, she had to get on her hands and knees, crawl in between all these men who were walking, and she's not even supposed to be around men. And she's got to get there. She knows Jesus is right over there. If she can just get to him, 
Can you imagine crawling on the dusty ground to get to the presence of God? That's what she does. And she finally reaches the hem of his garment. Now, we were talking about that this morning. And I don't think it was just like a little boop, boop, boop. I touched the hem of his garment. I think she and had the pole on him. She had a tug on him. Yeah. Because she's she's under the force of the culture. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. She's having to push her way through. And she's having to apprehend his presence. Now, all of those people around Jesus, and Jesus is like, he stops and he's like, who touched me? And was like, you're, what? What do you mean? Touch you? There's people all around you. But he knew because of her faith. Her faith caused his virtue to flow out of her, out of him, into her. Right? That's where the Lord wants us to be. He wants us to be so desperate that we are willing to crawl. We're willing to go against culture. We're willing to go against what people may say or think, to grab a hold of him. And that's my desire today, is that we are able to step into that place of apprehending his presence. This house is so set up. It's, it's like, the, it's a divine setup. <laughs> How the Lord has placed such a healing and prophetic anointing on this house. And that many of you are to be functioning that way. Yes. And there's those of you that already do, but the Lord says, I'm taking you further. Amen. I'm taking you further. Amen. If you apprehend me, I'm going to apprehend you. Yes. So I wanted to go a little bit into um, living from encounter because when we live from encounter, we get to be partakers of his glory and his truth. So you guys know Song of Songs and the Shulamite and, and uh, the Beloved. So in Song of Songs 8, and I'm really going to really focus on verse 5 in the NIV, but it's 5 and 6. And it says, Who is this coming up from the wilderness, leaning on her beloved? So I'm going to stop there. And in some um, versions it says, this is from the friends. The friends are saying this. Her friends are saying, Who is this coming up out of the wilderness, leaning on her beloved? So before that verse is stated, we know that she went into the wilderness. She went into the wilderness. But guess what? She encountered the Lord. Because she comes out of the wilderness leaning on her beloved. And the Lord 
Lord is saying, even though you may feel like you are in a wilderness time, or that you have just come out of your wilderness, he's saying, lean on me in that whole time, so that you're unrecognizable. Go back to that first sentence again. Who is this coming up from the wilderness leaning on her beloved? She was unrecognizable. She didn't look the same. Mm. Mm. Our wilderness times are to transform and transfigure us into looking like our beloved, into looking like Jesus. People should be able to say of you and I, when we're coming up out of our wilderness, wow, you don't even look the same. That heaviness that was on you, it's not even there anymore. Amen. Wow, look at you. Look at you. And so Lord, I just want to thank you that you are helping us to look more and more like you. Amen. That every trial, every tribulation, Lord, even every good thing, that we look more like you and less of us. And then if we skip down, it says, place me like a seal over your heart, like a seal on your arm, for love is stronger as, is, sorry, is as strong as death. It's jealousy by yielding as the grave. It burns like blazing fire, like a mighty flame. Amen. And that is something that the Lord is desiring to cultivate in us that we're just sold out to him. That it doesn't matter if you were brought up in a single parent household. It doesn't matter what you've gained or what you've lost. As long as our desire, our heart's desire is to be laid down before him and leaning on him. So Lord, give us the ability to lean on you, Lord and not on our own understanding, right? The Shulamite, she broke agreement with death, degeneration, sickness, and everything the enemy has tried to stir up in her. And she became, and she came into agreement with her bridegroom. So it's just like today, we're gonna bring agreement with death, degeneration, Yes. We're going to break agreement with any sickness and anything the enemy has tried to stir up against you. We're going to come out of agreement with that Amen. and come into agreement with Jesus. Amen. And what he says, you know, the enemy likes to talk in our ear. And he likes to give you doubts and unbeliefs. And even he likes to have you question your own calling and your own destiny. But today that ends. Amen. Today that ends, and we're going to come into agreement with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Right? He's been given to us. We're going to be coming into agreement with the ministry of the Holy Ghost within us and on us. As we encounter God, we become liberated, whole, and then we begin to accept our rightful place in His glory. You guys doing okay? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Just okay. And so, like I had mentioned earlier about when trials come, when things get hard, when things 
even when you start to question. I love this verse out of 1 Peter 4, 12 and 13. It's a great reminder. It's in it's the NIV, but I'm going to read it to you out of the Passion. And it says, Beloved friends, if life gets extremely difficult with many tests, don't be bewildered as though something strange were overwhelming you. Instead, continue to rejoice, for you, in a measure, have shared in the sufferings of the Anointed One, so that you can share in the revelation of His glory and celebrate with even greater gladness. Did you hear that? <clears throat> to take the fullness of that in, that we get to share in his sufferings so that we can embrace the greater glory. There's a greater glory, guys. Mm. <sighs> wow, Lord. Wow, Lord. The revelation of the greater glory. We all love revelation, right? Mm -hmm. Let's embrace it, Lord. Give us revelation of the greater glory. Show us, Lord, that when we go through trials and tribulations and strange things, Lord, that we don't think it's something that's strange that's happening to us, but that we embrace it and we say, yes, Lord. Unto your glory, Lord. Unto your glory. It's always unto something. Does that make sense? It's always, whatever you're going through is always unto something. One of the passages in scripture that I just have been camped around for months, sometimes I'll go back to it, you know, a few years later and then I'm just been back and forth. But it's where Moses engages the presence of God. There's something about that that's for us today. And it's like, Lord, help us to be mindful of your presence and mindful that you, you desire to engage us face to face. Let me read to you Exodus 33, 13 through 18. And then we're going to do some activations, and then we're going to pray for you and prophesy over you. Is that okay? Yes. Yes, okay. <laughs> and so it says, If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this is your nation, that this nation is your people. The Lord replied, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, If your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people of the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing that you have asked because I am pleased with you. And you know, and you know, and I know you by name. Then Moses said, Now show me your glory. Amen. Now show me your glory. Yes. How's anybody going to know that you've been with the Lord if his glory is not 
glory. Show us your glory, Lord. We don't want to be a people without your glory, God. So show us your glory. Show us your glory, Lord. Yes. Don't send us anywhere, Father, unless your glory is on us and with us. Show us your glory, God. Yes. Show us your glory. We're hungry for you, God. We're hungry for your presence, Lord. So show us your glory, Lord God. Show us your glory.
How many thousands of years ago was that? It was a few thousand mm -hmm. years ago. Mm -hmm. And we're still talking about it. Why? Because it's a desire in our hearts to know the Lord. And it's something that the Lord is saying, I still have that for you. Amen. But we can meet face to face because Jesus paid the price. The veil was torn. And we can meet face to face. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.